Hey, hey.
faith we believe, as we say together the Apostles' Creed, you'll find the Creed printed there in your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he arose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now let us greet one another this morning with our wave offering of peace. <laughs> Now, this morning, uh, there are really very few announcements. I hope that most of you by now have received the Holiday Almanac in the mail. If you did not, uh, uh, let us know after worship this morning, and uh, we can figure out why. <coughs> I know that some places it's taken longer to get to than others, so I just uh, simply uh, advise you. It's been a great, we've had a great response to it already, and we're very pleased, and we hope that it does bring you a little uh, joy and uh, excitement uh, with reading it this uh, season that begins certainly this day, as this is the, the Sunday prior to Thanksgiving. So I call that to your attention. Also, yes, Sunshine? I just wanted to say how much that almanac meant to me. Because I didn't know a lot of people and their backgrounds and things, and it was just priceless and well done. And I appreciate having it so much, and thank everybody that contributed because it was just priceless. Well, we'll let you write the promo for it next time. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, also, this coming week, there are a couple things. One is uh, the church office will be open only uh, on Monday and Tuesday, and that's from 9 to 1 as we are moving in. Really nothing like in the life of, of the church leading up to Thanksgiving. Next Sunday, the 29th, is the first Sunday of Advent, believe it or not, and uh, we'll be uh, shifting into the Advent season. So uh, I just call those things to, to your attention. And uh, uh, just a, a gentle reminder, uh, as we, we move into this week, to be careful in your holiday celebrations. Now, this morning... Our first scripture lesson is found also in the book of Psalms, Psalm 138. You'll find the psalm on page 837 of the Blue Pew Bibles. 444. Okay, um, yes, 444. 837 is the second lesson from Thessalonians. Thank you. 
Psalm 138 of David. I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. I will bow down toward your holy temple and will praise your name for your love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. When I called, you answered me. You made me bold and stout-hearted. May all the kings of the earth praise you, O Lord. When they hear the words of your mouth, may they sing of the ways of the Lord, for the glory of the Lord is great. Though the Lord is on high, he looks upon the lowly, but the proud he knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes. With your right hand you save me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. May God bless this reading and hearing of his word from this, the 138th Psalm. Now this morning, as we go to God in prayer, as I said, this is our course, and we all know is our Thanksgiving week. And as things move along, I know all families have modified Thanksgiving plans of one sort of another. And there's a lot to be reflective of this week. And uh, I entreat you as we go to God in prayer this morning, during the beginning, which will be times of silence, that you offer your thoughts and your prayers to God for this particular time in our lives. Let us pray. Almighty God, in love you spread good gifts before us, even in hard times, and they are more than we often need or certainly even deserve. You feed and teach and heal and save us, and we confess that we always want more and that we never share as freely as you give. We resent what we lack during this times of separation and isolation. We are jealous of others who seem to be able to come together. We misuse your intended joy for this season. So God, forgive us of our stubbornness and our times of destructiveness. In mercy, help us to take such pleasure in your goodness that we will always be thanking you, both in the season of thanksgiving and in everyday life. We come now and intercede for others this day. 
For those who continue to labor and work and serve in the hospitals and the clinics and the offices of all the medical professions, caring, treating, bringing healing to those sick and ill and injured and afflicted, we pray that you would strengthen them in body and spirit, soul and mind, and keep them well, that they may help those who are not. For all those in the grocery and retail and other businesses that provide the food and clothing and the goods of life, we pray, O oh Lord, and give you thanks and ask that you continue to protect them as they labor daily for the sake of others, including ourselves. We pray for the Mid-South Food Bank for those working and volunteering, for the companies and corporations, families and individuals contributing food and money so that others may have enough to eat. And not only for the Mid-South Food Bank, but for all those food banks across the nation that are contributing and helping people during this time. We give you thanks and praise. Lord, we pray for students, for teachers, for parents, for all who work in education from the preschool to the university. We ask, O oh Lord, for a time of respite all this week to give them rest and nourishment that is both physical and spiritual, mental and emotional. For those in which this Thanksgiving and this coming season of Advent and Christmas and the dawning of a new year will be spent in isolation and apart from family and friends, we do pray this day. We pray that you grant them the joy of memories from days of holidays gone past and that you give them hope for days of blessings that will come. Almighty God, we pray that you hear these things. We pray that as a nation, we do turn to you and express thanksgiving this coming week. Across all aisles, across all divides, that we offer up our heartfelt thanks to you, our God. For we pray these things and we ask them all this day in the name of your Son, even Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has taught us to pray. And now together we pray the prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen and amen.
Now, our second scripture reading is found in Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, a text that many Presbyterian pastors are preaching from today. I know that because of reading all the blogs this week. And so uh, you are hearing from a passage that I would dare say many are hearing from today. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, very short passage, page 837 in the Pew Bible. This passage falls in Paul's final instructions to the Thessalonians at the end of his letter. At verse 16 it says, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Beautiful passage there. Beautiful passage. Well, I took my title of the sermon this morning, of course, directly from verse 18, Thanksgiving in all circumstances, and certainly this year puts us in one of those circumstances. You know, as we think about this, there are several things that come to mind. In 1620, it was this time in November that the original colonist of the Plymouth colony in 1620 finally decided to make the Plymouth area, what would become known as the Plymouth area, their uh, site, their colony site. There they would build their, their rough buildings to begin with. It was yesterday, November 21st, 1620, the 400th anniversary of the signing of the Mayflower Compact. And I don't think it gathered any news whatsoever uh, that I saw yesterday, not on TV, much less online, that uh, it was the 400th anniversary. And for those of you who don't know about the Mayflower Compact, it was the agreement by how the colony would govern itself and how they would, would go forward as a colony in the new world. And really, one of the early foundational documents of our nation, this Mayflower Compact. There were 102 pilgrims and settlers, because not all of them were pilgrims, who settled in that winter of 1620. It was too late. It was this time of year. There was nothing to be grown. There was only survival. By the time late spring came, there were only 52 of them left. Only 52. Mostly children and teenagers most of the adults had died of the pneumonia and of scurvy. And they were saved by the Native American Indians uh, who, as we know, helped them to learn the ways of agriculture for the new world, taught them how to be resourceful in the fishing of the, the ocean and the rivers, the streams, 
And so that following year in 1621, after so much hardship, they were able to celebrate. But that all began 400 years ago. And the seeds of the Thanksgiving celebration for this nation were planted then. And over the centuries, literally, they have waxed and waned depending on circumstance and depending on those who remembered and those who were ready to give thanksgiving to God for God's provision, providence, guidance in good times and in difficult times. And certainly that is where we find ourselves today. I'm reminded that the, the heart of thanksgiving is the attitude of gratitude in our hearts. Are we a grateful people for what we have? Are we grateful for what we have and what we can be without even during this time? Some years ago, it wasn't a Thanksgiving celebration or anything like that, but some years ago in a church, uh, a family made a large contribution to the church in memory of their son who had been killed in the Vietnam War. Another woman, another mother out in the congregation that day leaned over and spoke to her husband and said, let's give a, a donation for our son. And he looked at her and said, why? Our son isn't dead. And she said, exactly, exactly. Let's give a donation because we have our son and we are grateful. A grateful heart. The last hymn that we will sing at the close of service, Now Thank We All Our God, was written by a German pastor in the 1600s during the 30-year war that Germany was experiencing with France and other neighbors. In that, in this, in this particular parish that this pastor was the head of, he had lost in that 30-year period 15,000 members of his congregation, of his parish. He buried, on average, 25 people a week. We can't imagine. Yet, take your hymn books out. I want you to read this with me as we read what he wrote. 639, Martin Reinkart Jr., the pastor, it says, Now thank we all our God with heart and hands and voices, who wondrous things hath done, in whom his world rejoices, who from our mother's arms hath blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. Oh, may this bounteous God through all our life be near us with ever joyful hearts and blessed peace to cheer us. 
and keep us in His grace and guide us when perplexed and free us from all ills in this world and the next. All praise and thanks to God. The Father now be given, the Son and Him who reigns with them in highest heaven, the one eternal God whom earth and heaven adore, for thus it was, is now, and shall be evermore. Even in the midst of tremendous loss, loss of every kind, here this pastor reminds his congregation 400 years ago and reminds us today as we still sing his hymn of the need for thanksgiving, even in times of great distress, even in times of difficulty. And so it is. These are some of the things that we need to be very mindful of today because our lives will always be full of times and circumstances in which gratitude will be hard-pressed and the idea of rendering thanksgiving will seem very remote and difficult to do. And nonetheless, we are called to do it. During the Great Depression here in our nation, many families went without. There was great want. There was not the great uh, government social net to protect those in some part then like there is now. There were no great food banks like the Mid-South Food Bank. There were just many people who were trying to get by. Read the literature from this time. It is powerful. It is poignant. It speaks to depravity and to the difficulties of all the folks, especially for those who were laborers, who were farmers, who worked in factories that closed up, who had businesses that could no longer be supported because all the clientele had lost their jobs. I've had many who in this congregation who were raised as children in the Great Depression. You are getting to be now in your 80s and 90s. And one of the remarks from some is that we didn't even know we were in the Depression because we didn't even know what we didn't have because we didn't have anything. And we didn't starve all the time. We raised a lot of our food, those sorts of things. The great Spanish flu pandemic of 1918-19 went on and ravaged the world in the United States, killed some 675,000 Americans here in this nation, many of whom were soldiers and sailors who were returning from Europe and who were gathered in close quarters because they simply didn't even know really how the flu worked. And yet, in homes across the land, families gathered, sometimes in very small, sometimes in very great, and thanksgivings were made. As humble as they might have been, they were still made. People endured. People suffered but they endured. 
David writes many psalms and he thanks God. And yet David, in many of the psalms that he's writing, he is enduring great hardships, great difficulties, persecutions, wars, famines, difficulties. His own children sometimes rising up against him and threatening his kingdom. And still, he thanks God and praises God for all of his many blessings. And so it is with us. This will be a strange time. All of the ordinary traditions that many families have kept and practiced for not just years, but for decades, will be thrown out the window. Some of the things that we do on Thanksgiving Day will not be done. And yet, we are still, as those who are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are called to give thanks, whether it would be Thanksgiving week, day, or not. We are called to be grateful. Now, I realize that for many of our families who have gone through much this year already, who have gone through illness and death and grief, all sorts of things, that it will be very difficult. And I understand. I really do. I understand. And it is one of the responses that we have to have for those of us who have not had to share all of those burdens this year. It is for us, too, to take the responsibility of celebrating and giving thanks, even for those who may not be able to do so. To pray for those, to remind God of hearts that have been burdened and broken, to be able to give thanks still. It is an important thing. It is like loving others when they can't love themselves. It is like having hope for those who are hopeless. It is like having faith when others are faithless. Being thankful, giving thanksgiving, celebrating even in the midst of great difficulty is a sign of faith, a sign of gratitude, a sign that we know that God knows all these things and He still is there providing. Now, we have many things and perhaps it is something that you'll have to do differently. I don't know. When you sit around your table, whether it's one of you or two of you or three of you or five of you or seven or eight of you, I doubt it'll be many more than that, but it might be. It is whoever to shed tears of joy and happiness. Those days will come again. But until then, 
Let us resolve ourselves to be those who, whatever the circumstance, shall give thanks to God, even this Thanksgiving. Gracious God, we are grateful, even when it seems we're not. Gracious God, we are thankful, even when we seem to have nothing that we're thankful for. Therefore, help us. Help us to be those who carry others during this season. For this I pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to make an offering this morning, the offering plate is at the back on your way out. You certainly may do that. Let us bow our heads and go to God in prayer. Well, gracious God, we thank you for this land so fair and free for all its worthy aims, for all of its practices of charities and kindnesses. Lord, we are grateful for people who have come to our shores with customs and accents to enrich our lives. Pilgrims, all those down through the centuries, for those who desire to come here this day, you have led us in the past, O Lord. Forgive our evil and lead us in the time to come. Give us, O Lord, a voice to praise your goodness in this land of the living. And Lord, help us to serve you now and always in gratitude and in thanksgiving, in all circumstances, through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who died for us, whose blood was shed for us that our sins might be forgiven, who was raised for us that he might be the first fruits of the new creation and who has promised all who believe in him to share in that new creation, in life everlasting. Accept these, our thanksgivings, and praise this day in his holy name. Amen. Now, if you will, stand and with me sing hymn number 639, Now Thank We All Our God.
My friends, go from this place this morning in peace. Hold strong to your faith. Have your eternal hope in Christ Jesus while showing his love to all that you meet. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father, the peace and fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon you all this day. And I do pray forevermore. Amen.